with us. I'm not sure what the scripture reading was. It's supposed to be on the ten lepers. But um, it's okay. It's in the lesson, so I'm not even going to go back to it. I, I don't know what, which one you did. I couldn't figure it out. <laughs> That's tonight's, yeah. Well, <laughs> so tonight we'll do the ten lepers, maybe. See what happens when you get thrown in the fire. <laughs> 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 exactly. <laughs> well, there have to be some things that give us a little laughter, you know. So, yeah, there you go. <laughs> our lesson for this morning is the continuation of our series, making a difference. We've been talking about why we should make a difference. Last week we visited how we should make a difference. And I decided to pull a lesson out and recycle it a bit. It's interesting when I recycle a lesson because even though I've already preached it, it's almost like I've changed so much that I can't go back and just preach the lesson again. I have to redo my outline because I have a different style than what I did a few years ago. But the lesson for today is the power of one. The power that one person can make in the world. And I think this is really good for our series because we need to understand that even though we may be one person, even one person can make a difference in our world. We, we see that different people have made a difference in our lives. If you think back in your own life, I'm sure that there are certain people that stand out in, in your mind Kirk talks about his grandmother a lot in classes, so I can see that that's somebody that stands out in his mind as, as one that was very influential in his life. Uh, I have a similar person in my own life. My grandfather was probably one of the greatest influences that I ever had. Um, and a few of you knew him. Uh, he was a great man. He was an elder in the church, and uh, he was a strong leader. Uh, I, I just remember his example. Above anybody else's, he was one of the ones that it really made a difference. And some of the lessons that he taught me, uh, I still remember even to this day. One of my favorite lessons was a lesson on humility. I bring it up every time I, I preach a lesson on humility because it's just one that stands out in my mind. But I remember going to a singing one time and, and maybe we were getting ready to come home, whatever it was. But I remember him telling me not to get a big head because he wanted me to get me in the car and get me home that night. So not to get a big head. And uh, so I always remember that about humility. But he was one person that really stood out in my life. And I'm sure that there are others in your lives, maybe a friend or a family member, maybe a mentor of some kind, someone that really stands out in your life. But I'm sure that you can think of one person that really made a difference in your life. We have people who are positive influences in our life. Uh, even looking at our world, we see certain people who were positive influences in one way or another. This past week we had Martin Luther King Jr. Day. Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. played a very important role in the civil rights movement positively impacting the future of our nation as far as, as seeing people as one as equal. Uh, he played a great role in that. Many look up to Mother Teresa as one of the most moral and compassionate individuals to have ever lived, and rightly so. And a lot of people take her example as one of positive influence. 
And then we have others, especially from a national standpoint, that had a negative influence. Benedict Arnold is known for the betrayal of his nation. He attempted to surrender Fort West Point to the British by weakening its defense and sending intelligence to the enemy. And so back in his time, uh, he was seen as one who betrayed his nation. Even though he did a lot of good things too. Uh, there are other ways that he is known for some positive things that he did. But we don't know of those anymore because of his betrayal. He was the neg negative influence. John Wilkes Booth in 1865 assassinated the current president of the United States, Abraham Lincoln at that time. And he is very well known for how he did that. Other names that come to mind, Saddam Hussein, Osama bin Laden, but all of those had negative influences. And so we see that there are individuals who had a positive influence, whose names we remember today, and those who had a negative influence, whose names we also remember, but not for the right reasons. But the point is that one can make a difference. These names are written in history as names that made a difference one way or another. And though our names may not be well known, we may not be celebrities or famous in any way, we can still make a difference in the lives of those around us. So our lesson objective for this morning is to learn how God desires His people to make a difference in the world. And we're going to look at some Bible examples of influences that we can look at. First of all, let's look at when one made a difference. There are several instances of certain people making a difference. Jacob, in the book of Genesis, made a difference. Jacob received Leah as his wife by the deception of his father-in-law, Laban. And though he was already married to Leah, Jacob continued working for another seven years for the hand of Rachel the one who he truly loved. Did Rachel make that big of a difference? He worked for seven years. Now seven years, really think about it, that's a long time, isn't it? But Jacob ended up, ended up working for 14 years for someone that he didn't even particularly like. He knew that Laban was deceptive and, and still he worked another seven years be able to marry Rachel because he loved her. Also in Jacob's life, he, he had 12 sons in all, but wouldn't you know, there's one that he loved more than the others. Created a great deal of problems within that family, but Joseph, he loved. How much did Joseph make a difference for Jacob? Whenever Joseph's brothers sold him into slavery, Whenever they came back, they even brought evidence, doctored evidence, that would suggest that Joseph had been killed by an animal of some kind. And when Jacob heard that, he was very sad to know that the son that he loved had been killed. Out of 12 sons, it, it may seem insignificant, but Joseph made a great deal of difference to Jacob. 
his life meant a great deal to him. And to think that he had, had died was something that brought a great deal of sorrow to him. One made a difference on a couple of occasions in Jacob's life. David, in 2 Samuel chapters 11 and 12, we read of something that is very hard to read about. Whenever we read of David, we, we think of him as a man of God. And there are great many times when he was very close to God. But, but there was one time in particular in his life that he was very far away from God. David had many wives, but when he saw Bathsheba bathing from his roof, he wanted her, knowing that she was the wife of another. He inquired about her, well, isn't this the wife of Uriah the Hittite? Yet he still wanted her, and so he called for her. And David committed this the sin of adultery and that sin led to another because now that he had, had committed this sin of adultery well, we see that she conceives of a child so David tries to bring Uriah home to send him to his wife and so that the child would seem to be his and when Uriah refused David had him killed so he committed the sin of murder so, so far we have adultery, dishonesty, murder. David committed some of the greatest sins imaginable. And it all started with this one lust. This one person. That even though he had other wives, he wanted her. He wanted what he could not have. David later realized his wrong upon hearing the parable of the one new lamb told by Nathan. In 2 Samuel chapter 12, verses 1 through 4, Nathan says this, There were two men in one city, one rich and the other poor. The rich man had exceedingly many flocks and herds, but the poor man had nothing except one little ewe lamb, which he had bought and nourished. And there grew up together with him and with his children. It ate of his own food and drank from his own cup and lay in his bosom. And it was like a daughter to him. And a traveler came to the rich man who refused to take from his own flock and from his own herd to prepare one for the wayfaring man who had come to him. But he took the poor man's lamb and prepared it for the man who had come to him. Upon hearing this parable, this story, David thought, well, this man should be killed. He took what wasn't rightfully his. But it was pointed out to David, you are the man. You are the one that took what wasn't rightfully yours. And taking the wife of Uriah. David realized that he was the one that had stolen the one you lamb. And he repented of his actions. But in that case, did one make a difference? Absolutely so. And also, David saw greatly over the death of his one son that was conceived in adultery. He had other sons. 
But he sorrowed over this one. Did one make a difference? Absolutely. In Luke 15, we're told of three parables. I won't go into the detail of each one. We have the lost sheep, the lost coin, and the lost son. And in each parable, we see the importance of one. The sheep was one of a hundred. The coin was one of ten. And the son was one of two. But in all of these cases, one made a great deal of difference. In the case of the sheep, the, the, the shepherd was willing to go after that one sheep, leaving the ninety-nine because that one was important. The woman who lost the coin was willing to search her house until she had found that one coin, even though she had nine others. And the prodigal son who left. It's kind of a different case than the other the scenarios because the son went willingly. But while he was away, the father longed for that son to return. And when he did, the father was waiting for him. One made a difference, even though he had another son with him. I guarantee that, that any person who has lost a child will tell you that that one child may, would make a difference even among the numerous others they may have. One makes the difference. And we see from a biblical standpoint that one has made a difference in several occasions. Let's look at positive influences in the Bible. In Luke chapter 17, verses 11 through 19, we read this story of ten lepers. Luke 17, verse 11. Now it happened as he went to Jerusalem that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. Then as he entered a certain village, there met him ten men who were lepers who stood afar off. And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. So when he saw them, he said to them, Go, show yourselves to the priests. And so it was that as they went, they were cleansed. And one of them, when he saw that he, had, that he was healed, returned and with a loud voice glorified God and fell down on his face at his feet, giving thanks. And he was a Samaritan. So Jesus answered and said, Were there not ten cleansed? But where are the nine? Were there not any found who returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? And he said to him, Arise, go your way. Your faith has made you well. Of ten lepers, only one returned to thank Jesus for what he had done. And he was a Samaritan of all people. One of the most hated groups of people by the Jews. And yet he returned to thank Jesus for healing him of his leprosy. Did one make a difference? Absolutely. Since we're talking about Samaritans, let's look at the Good Samaritan in Luke chapter 10, verses 30 through 35. In verse 30, a certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among thieves who stripped him of his clothing, wounded him, and departed, leaving him half dead. Now by chance a certain priest came down that road and when he saw him he passed by on the other side. Likewise the Levite when he arrived at that place came and looked and passed by on the other side. 
But a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was. And when he saw him, he had compassion. So he went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. And he set him on his own animal, brought him to an inn, and took care of him. On the next day when he departed, he took out two denarii, gave them to the innkeeper, and said to him, Take care of him, and whatever more you spend, when I come again, I will repay you. In the parable, the one compassionate Samaritan was the difference between life and death for the man that was left to die. The Samaritan also made a difference in the point Jesus was trying to make in the next couple of verses, verses 36 and 37. So which of these three do you think was a neighbor to him who fell among the thieves? And he said, he who showed mercy on him. Then Jesus said to him, go and do likewise. <clears throat> the greatest command given is to love God, to love our neighbor. Being a neighbor to someone means helping them in time of trouble or need. And we are to be compassionate toward those around us. So for the man that, that asked this question, it was pointed out to him that he needed to be compassionate toward those around him. So to the point that one Samaritan made a difference. We also read of the widow with two mites in Luke 21 verses 1 through 4. And he looked up and saw the rich putting their gifts into the treasury. And he saw also a certain poor widow putting in two mites. So he said, Truly I say to you that this poor widow has put in more than all. For all these out of their abundance have put in offerings for God. But she out of her poverty put in all the livelihood that she had. Though she wasn't able to give as much as many others, what she gave made a difference in God's eyes. This one lowly widow had given everything that she could. And God cared about that. He cared about her. Think of others that, that might quickly make mention of Moses. Moses made a difference, didn't he? To the people, even though he was, was at first reluctant to go where God sent him. He led God's people out of bondage. He, he bared with them all that 40 year time that they were in the wilderness. Moses cared for the people. He lost his patience. But he also had a great deal of patience for them on many other occasions. Think of Esther. Esther became queen and she was able to use that queenship to save the Jewish people from destruction. She made a difference. Stephen, he preached that sermon. And, and after he got through with his sermon while he was on trial, they stoned him to death. But he made a difference. I'm sure he was a great influence on the life of Paul. Who also went on to make a difference. Paul wrote many letters to different churches strengthening them even in, when he was himself in prison he didn't waste that time he used it as an opportunity to be an encouragement we have many of those letters recorded although I'm sure there are a great deal more that we don't but he made a difference I could go on with many others let's move on to 
through negative influences because we do see in Scripture that there are some negative influences that we can learn from. Judas Iscariot was a negative influence. I'm going to piece together some verses from different accounts uh, of the same thing that tell us about Judas and, and what he did. We do know that Judas was a chosen apostle, one of the twelve. And yet, he didn't use that in the right way. Matthew 26, verses 14 through 16 to start with. Then one of the twelve, called Judas Iscariot, went to the chief priests and said, What are you willing to give me if I deliver him to you? They counted out to him thirty pieces of silver. So from that time he sought opportunity to betray him. John 18 verses 1 through 3. When Jesus had spoken these words, he went out with his disciples over the brook Kidron, where there was a garden which he and his disciples entered. And Judas, who betrayed him, also knew the place, for Jesus often met there with his disciples. Then Judas, having received a detachment of troops and officers from the chief priests and Pharisees, came there with lanterns, torches, and weapons. Mark 14, verses 32 through 45. Then they came to a place which was named Gethsemane. And he said to his disciples, Sit here while I pray. And he took Peter, James, and John with him. And he began to be troubled and deeply distressed. Then he said to them, My soul is exceedingly sorrowful, even to death. Stay here and watch. In verse 35, he went a little farther and fell on the ground and prayed that if it were possible, the hour might pass from him. And he said, Abba, Father, all things are possible for you. Take this cup away from me. Nevertheless, not what I will, but what you will. Verse 37, Then he came and found, found them sleeping and said to Peter, Simon, are you sleeping? Could you not watch one hour? Watch and pray, lest you enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Again he went away and prayed and spoke the same words. And when he returned, he found them asleep again. For their eyes were heavy, and they did not know what to answer him. Then he came the third time and said to them, Are you still sleeping and resting? It is enough. The hour has come. Behold, the Son of Man is being betrayed into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us be going. See, my betrayer is at hand. Verse 43, Immediately while he was still speaking, Judas, one of the twelve, with a great multitude with swords and clubs, came from the chief priests and the scribes and the elders. Now his betrayer had given him, them a signal, saying, Whomever I kiss, he is the one. Seize him and lead him away safely. As soon as he had come, immediately he went up to him and said to him, Rabbi, Rabbi, and he kissed him. In Luke 22, and verse 48, But Jesus said to him, Judas... Are you betraying the Son of Man with a kiss? What had Jesus done? Not a thing. 
He was not some fierce enemy. He wasn't planning to go into battle or anything like that. Think of what he was doing at this moment. Jesus was praying. What kind of threat do you think Jesus would be to anyone praying to his Father in the garden? And yet, one of his own apostles, one of his own disciples, betrayed him. That's a name that we remember well, but not for the good that he might have done. Although, I'm, I'm sure there was some. I'm sure there was something good about Judas, something that he did, someone that he led to Christ. But he betrayed the Son of God. Betraying him as he did cost Jesus his life on earth. And all these things were written in prophecy and, and had to take place in order for us to have salvation. But that one apostle made a difference, but in a negative way. Another negative influence that I think of is Jezebel. Jezebel is a name that you don't commonly hear, at least not regarding people. I had a friend that had a, a ferret named Jezebel once. But we don't hear that name very often, do we? For very good reason. Think of the influence that she was on her husband, Ahab. I wonder, I wonder if Ahab might have been influenced differently had it not been for Jezebel. You know, especially when I think of his friendship with Jehoshaphat. Because Jehoshaphat, for the most part, was a good king. I wonder if Ahab had, had been maybe more influenced by Jehoshaphat than Jezebel if, if his life would have been different. We see that he was one of the most evil kings. And she was one of the most evil queens that we read about. Jezebel made an, an influence, a, a negative influence though. So those are names that stand out, names that we don't often give our children because of the negative influence that they had. Those are influences that we need to learn from. I think you see where I'm going with this lesson. One person can make a difference. We see on many occasions where names stand out because one person made a positive difference. We see where names stand out because someone made a negative difference. We want to be the positive difference, don't we? And above all of these influences that I can think about, one name stands out above all the others. Jesus. How much of a difference did Jesus make when he was born? When he was placed in uh, a stable, in a manger, whenever he was born into this world, he didn't even make a, enough of a difference to someone to give him a room. They didn't have any room for him. In his life, we see him as the son of a carpenter. And for the most part, there's not much that, that even makes the pages of Scripture about his life. 
up until he begins his ministry. And yet, Jesus, as we see him, we see that he had compassion on people. He healed illnesses and diseases. He taught what people needed to do. In the time that he was on earth, his mission was to reach out to the wayward Jews and, and bring back the, the lost sheep of Israel, if you will. But we see that, that his word went far greater than that. The apostles eventually went to Gentiles and, and so all nations were taught the gospel. People didn't even see the need to keep him alive. The Jews wanted him dead. They crucified him on a cross with thieves because he was so insignificant to them. Or maybe because he was significant to them. He stood against them on a lot of occasions. But either way, they, they had him crucified. But Jesus, different than any other case that we ever read about or hear about, came back to life. He was resurrected. And even today, he still lives. It's because of the blood of one. the Son of God, that we can be cleansed from our sins. It's because of the blood of Christ, because He was willing to shed His blood as the one perfect sacrifice, the only perfect sacrifice that could ever be made. He made a difference in our lives, didn't He? That wasn't my original conclusion, but I'm going to stop there because it leads perfectly into where I'm going. When we look at Jesus, we see that he made a difference for us, didn't he? We need to make a difference in the lives of other people, but we start by becoming Christians ourselves. We obey the gospel. By faith we repent of our sins. We change our lives. We confess our faith in Christ as the Son of God. We are baptized for the remission of our sin. Because that's what Scripture tells us to do. And as we are obedient to the gospel, we become Christians. And then we are to live a faithful life. And that faithfulness is... A broad aspect of our lives. We continue to live in accordance with God's will. And we try to make a difference in the lives of other people. We have compassion on them. We try to do good. And we try to, to be that one influence, the one that we remember. Going back to the very beginning of the lesson, I started with people that you remember that are great influences in your life. Do you seek to be that influence in the lives of other people? Will somebody at the, the end of life, or, or maybe during their lives, say, you know, that person really made a difference. They taught me the gospel. They, they taught me what I needed to do to become a Christian. Or they did this or that. They lived their life in such a way as they, they set a good, good example for me. And 
I wonder how many lives we can affect. We have to start by being one of God's children. We do so through obedience to the gospel. We do so through faithful living. And we always offer an invitation. And maybe it is that someone today needs to respond in obedience or repentance, asking to prepare on your behalf or be forgiven for something that you've done. But if there's some way that we can help you to be a faithful child of God, let us do it. As together we stand and as we sing.